Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analyzing trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective. And today we're looking at chapters 21 and 22 of Eclipse, titled Trails and Fire and Ice. So Trails is like the most boring chapter I've ever read. So I'm probably going to skip over that one to get to Fire and Ice because that's the juicy, juicy climax of the book, in my opinion. Maybe not climax, but it is the one we want to talk about. If you've read Eclipse before, you know I'm talking about the tent. It's the most action-packed tent scene in any piece of literature or film since Brokeback Mountain. God, that Brokeback Mountain tent scene. Ooh, boy, tell you what. I watched that a few times as a kid. Yes, indeedy do. Yes, indeedy do. Jake Gyllenhaal and Heath Ledger in that tent with no lube in sight. I mean, (laughs) braver than the troops. There, I said it. Ooh, boy. I might have to pause and go watch that scene and come back. Anyway, so we're going to be doing two chapters. But first, I do just want to circle back to last week because I put it out there on social saying, hey, let me know your thoughts about vampire sex. And I got some good feedback, some things I wasn't really picking up on. People said, hey, what about this? For example, Potato Lady Bex on Twitter, she said, I have to wonder if he is as hard as marble, are his little swimmers uh, tough as well? I feel like that would hurt going in, especially if he ejaculates in super vampire speeds. Fantastic point. Fantastic point, And it needs to be considered and discussed and talked about because really, he'd be shooting, not blanks, he'd be shooting bullets. I, I think it would hurt. I think it would hurt. I think you've got a point, Bex. And then over on Instagram, the girls from Chicklet Pod, who I love, they said, I always imagined it would be like how some women enjoy cold toys. Oh, okay. And they also say, I don't know though, I don't like the fact that he could just rip her in half. Like, agree on that. But cold toys, is that a thing? I didn't know about that. I did not know about that at all. So much to think about, guys. So much to think about when it comes to vampire human sex. All the more reason why you just wait. You just wait, Bella. Ugh. So yeah, where we left off, Bella was like, I want to have sex. And Edward's like, no. And she's like, come on, I want to have sex. And then he proposes and he says, all right, we'll have sex. But then we got to get married or get married. And then we got to have sex, blah, 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 blah. 
And so she starts this chapter, chapter 21, Trails, thinking, somehow, my plan for last night had gone horribly awry. <laughs> and I needed to come to grips with the consequences. Oh, she really went in there thinking that she was going to actually get boned last night. She thought her argument would be successful. Like, not a chance in hell, babe. And she's also saying that her left hand feels heavier. Even though she's not wearing the ring, it feels heavier knowing that the ring was on the finger or some bullshit like that. And so she's thinking about doing a road trip to Vegas to elope. And she says, yeah, it's no big thing, just a road trip to Vegas. I would go one better than wearing old jeans. I would wear old sweats. She's gonna wear sweatpants to get married. Old sweatpants, not even a new pair of sweats. I mean, come on, Bella. Like, I know you're against it, but you could, you could put on something a bit better than sweats. I'm not asking you to be decked out in Vera Wang. I just think maybe... Maybe a nice dress. Or if you don't want to wear a dress, maybe a nice pair of slacks. You don't need to be wearing sweatpants in Vegas. Like, how rude to Edward, first of all. I know you're against marriage, blah, 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 but you've agreed to it. So you may as well put on a proper pair of pants and satisfy your husband. You're not into it, but he's into it. So be nice. Be nice, you ungrateful little cow. Then she thinks, well, the ceremony would be over in like 15 minutes. I could handle that. And then when it was over, he'd have to fulfill his side of the bargain. I would concentrate on that and forget the rest. And like, yeah, that's another good point. Like what, you're just going to go get married in sweatpants and then go back to the Vegas hotel, go back to Caesar's palace wearing sweats, being like, yay, let's have sex. And it's like, you don't want to be dressed up for the undressing, you know, like a little bit of lingerie or something, but you're just going to be wearing old sweats. Ugh, Bella, a little bit of pride in your appearance. That's all I'm asking for. Just wear your khaki skirt that you're so fond of. At least wear the khaki skirt. And so she says, he said I didn't have to tell anyone I was planning to hold him to that. Of course, it was very stupid of me not to think of Alice. So she wasn't going to go tell everyone about the wedding plans, but she's like, oh, Alice, she has visions of the future. Of course, she's going to know. Of course. Now that a decision has been made, Alice can see what's going on. Oh, they play fast and loose with Alice's abilities. I swear to God. I thought she's meant to be concentrating on the conflict that's going to be happening tomorrow morning. You know, the war that's going on. I thought she was focusing on that, but apparently she's thinking about Vegas because then she comes back to that Cullen house in the morning and Alice is coming in hot. She is pissed off because she wants a big wedding. Alice made a huge deal about prom. So you bet she's going to make a big deal about a wedding. And she is cold shouldering Bella hard. Bella, being an idiot, she says Alice is in an unusually bad mood, but I chalked it up to her frustration with feeling normal because she can't see the future because of the wolves' involvement and she feels normal and that's why she's in a bad mood. Like, no, bitch, she's in a bad mood because she wants to throw a party. But Alice is telling us that there's a storm coming and it's going to be pretty bad in whatever area Edward and Bella are going to, but she can't tell for sure because there's a werewolf present. So she doesn't really know if the weather's that bad, but she's like, pack a jacket. I don't know how she can see weather trends considering that there's no decision attached to weather, but it's the same as the stock market. What Alice will see what she wants to see. Logic be damned. And so they're like packing camping gear because they're actually going to go and camp in a tent overnight before the big confrontation in the morning. There's that whole storyline, the whole plan about covering her smell. So Edward's going to take her somewhere and then Jacob's going to cover up this. Whatever. Why you wouldn't just drive south and hide her out in San Jose or somewhere? Like, I I, I don't know. I don't know. But they're going to be camping on a mountaintop. Oh, jeez. 
and it's going to be snowing. So while Alice is being a sad sack, Bella calls Jacob's house to tell him that they'll be ready in an hour or so to go and meet wherever they're meeting. And Jacob's not there, but she has a nice little chat to Billy and Billy's like, yeah, I'll look after Charlie, blah, 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 blah. And Billy says, I wish I could be with the rest of them tomorrow. Being an old man is a hardship, Bella. Okay. And she says, the urge to fight must be a defining characteristic of the Y chromosome. They were all the same. What? Everyone with a Y chromosome wants to fight, apparently? I can tell you for sure that that's not the case. I have a Y chromosome and I've never once wanted to fight. Not once. I don't ever want to play fighting games on the PlayStation. Not interested. And then Billy says, good luck, Bella, and pass that along to the Cullens for me. So, okay, werewolves and vampires, they're getting along. How cute. And then she looks over and she notices that Edward and Alice are having like a tense, silent conversation. She's like staring at him and he's frowning back. And Alice says, look, Bella, I need to speak to you alone. And Edward's like, oh, Alice, back off. And she says, this isn't about you, Edward. And she says, it's not. This is a female thing. Okay, I think Stephanie Meyer is popping off with the gender binary right now, isn't she? Did JK Rowling ghostwrite this chapter? Because she's talking about Y chromosomes and men being from Mars and women being from Venus. I think JK Rowling wrote this chapter. It's really laying into the gender binary and I don't like it. Because the female thing that Alice wants to talk about is just like not having a big party for the wedding. She's pissed off about that. She says, why do you hate me, Bella? And Bella's like, I I don't. She goes, don't you love me, Bella? And she goes, yeah, I do. And Alice says, then why do I see you sneaking off to Vegas to get married without inviting me? And I just, I can't stand it. Like Alice, how do you see them going off to Vegas, but you don't see her getting impregnated with like a demon spawn baby? How is that not in your head? But you can see them getting married by Elvis Presley on the Sunset Strip. It doesn't make sense. And she's like, oh, Alice, uh, didn't want to make a big deal out of it. And she says, how could you do this to me, Bella? I expect that kind of thing from Edward, but not from you. I love you like you are my own sister. And she says, Alice, you are my sister. Not the case. (laughs) It's not the case at all, Bella. (laughs) Edward and Alice aren't even blood related. Like, come on. And so Alice is just guilt tripping her. And she's like, fine, fine. You can come to the wedding, but there won't be much to see. And she's like, "Mm, leave it with me. Leave it with me. She says, please, 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 Bella, please, 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 Bella. She says, please, like a million times. Please, Bella, please let me do your wedding. She says, if you truly, really love me, Bella, you'll let me plan your wedding. And Bella's like, oh God, no, I'm not interested. But she's like getting worn down by the argument. And so then Alice says, I'll bet Edward would like it better if you did this traditionally, though he'd never tell you that. And Esme, think what it would mean to her. Because, you know, she's a woman, so she loves weddings, apparently. I struggle to know why they care. Like, why, why do they care so much? And so Alice keeps peer pressuring her. She says, you won't have to do anything but walk a few yards and then repeat after the minister. They're getting a minister to do the wedding. That's ridiculous. They're, they're vampires, soulless, blood-sucking vampires, and they're going to get, what, like a priest to do the wedding? <laughs> what? You know how in other books about vampires... Vampires are like repelled by the cross and by holy water. Not the case in Twilight. (laughs) Not the case in this universe because ministers are just going to marry vampires. Like, come on. And Alice says, please, 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 please. Like, I'm not joking when I said she says please a million times. Like, that's not hyperbole. She says that a million times. And so Bella says, oh, I'll never, ever forgive you for this, Alice. 
And Alice says, yay. And Bella says, that's not a yes. And she says, it will be. So she's had a vision. She's had a vision. She's meant to be concentrating on the war tomorrow, but now she's had a vision about the wedding. Oh, God. Nothing about the demon baby, but she's had a vision about the wedding. So Alice is saying, it'll make you happy in the long run, Bella. I know you'll thank me for it eventually. Maybe not for 50 years, but definitely someday. And she's like, "Mm, I wouldn't bet on it. And then Alice puts a foot in her mouth and says, oh, are you going to show me the ring? And then she looks in horror at Bella's empty left hand. And she goes, oh, I thought I saw him put it on you. Did I miss something? Yet you missed not seeing the ring on her finger beforehand. Don't you have vampire vision? Don't you have extra vision as well where you can see the future? You didn't, you didn't see her take off the ring? You've been having a whole chat to her saying please a million times and you never once glanced at her wrist. Like you, you move at superhuman speed. You have superhuman senses. How did you not see that she didn't wear the ring? Why are you making it awkward by talking out loud right now? You're making Edward feel like shit. You're making Bella feel like shit. God, Alice, stay out of it. It's not your fucking wedding. It's not your business. She doesn't want a wedding. Fuck off. Fuck off, throw another party. Like what's stopping you from throwing parties? Just throw your own fucking wedding to Jasper. How about that? You've got friends at school, allegedly. Like plan your own wedding and stay out of it, you nosy little bitch. Ah. Alice is my least favorite character. I do not understand the praise for her. I sometimes go on like the Twilight Facebook groups and I look around and everyone's all talking about that actress that played Alice thinking that she's so amazing. Oh, she, she played the manic pixie girl so well. And I'm like, what? I've never seen a more wooden portrayal of a piece of shit character. Never. I just don't get the Alice love. Like come at me in the DMs if you disagree, but I just, I don't get it. And Alice makes some comments saying, oh, what's one more diamond? Well, I guess the ring has lots of diamonds, but my point is that he's already got one on you and Edward cuts her off. And she's thinking, huh, diamonds? And it's it's clearly to do with that little bracelet pendant that you're wearing currently. That must be a diamond. She's gonna have a whole existential crisis about him spending money on her, even though they're heirlooms. Like I can just tell. I said I was gonna smash through this chapter, but here I am just bitching about Alice for three minutes. (laughs) God, I hate Alice. Anyway, Alice is like, okay, you guys better get going. You've got to set up a trap and make camp before the storm comes. Okay. She says, don't forget your coat, Bella. It seems unseasonably cold. See, I don't think she's reading the future here. I think she's just looking at the clouds and thinking, oh, it's, it's cold. And to say to someone in a rainy town, a notoriously rainy town, oh, bring your coat. Like you're not predicting anything. You're just, you're just hedging your bets, I think. So Edward's carrying her to the clearing and Jacob's going to follow and cover up the scent. And then Edward pops her down and he says, walk around for a bit north and touch as much stuff as you can. They're just trying to get her scent all over the place. So they talk a little bit while she's walking around, leaving her scent everywhere about the wedding and the guilt trip and how she isn't really interested. She says, it's all just varying degrees of awful anyway. So she's like, what's the point? It's going to be awful. May as well make it more awful. I don't understand that logic, but that's what she's running with. And Edward jokes that they'll just get Emmett to get a clerical license off the internet and he can officiate the wedding. And she goes, that's hilarious. She giggles. She says, that does sound better. It wouldn't feel very official if Emmett read the vows. (laughs) But I'd have a hard time keeping a straight face. How, How funny could that possibly be? Like, I get the image is humorous, but she thinks she'd be up there at the altar guffawing because Emmett would be reading the vows. I don't even think Emmett reads the vows. Don't you say your own vows? Uh, Who cares? But she'd be up there 
laughing, slapping her thigh because Emmett would be so funny. So they're walking, 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 and then she falls over because of course she does because she's clumsy. And a branch snapped off under her hand and gouged into her palm. And so she's bleeding and she's like, all right, roll. She says, stay away, Edward, I'm bleeding. And he says, you know what? I'm fine. I'm fine. He says, I've got a first aid kit in the backpack. Let me just clean it and take care of it. And she says, uh, wait a second. And so she, (laughs) oh, remember, she's got to um, stop breathing herself because she's allergic to the smell of blood, apparently. She says, without looking at the blood, and breathing through my mouth, just in case my stomach might react, I pressed my hand against a rock within my reach. So she starts slathering all her blood on like the the trees and the rocks as she's going past. Like, I know she's telling us that she's like going easy on the breathing, but remember in blood type, chapter six of Twilight, she got that little pinprick of blood and she like passed out and now she's fine. Now she's fine. What's a bit of blood? And Edward's fine as well. He's like, yeah, I've got self-control now all of a sudden. So she's muttering to herself while smearing blood everywhere, saying Jasper will love this. I'll bet this really gets them going. And Edward's like, yeah, good job. The newborns will be frantic and Jasper will be very impressed with your dedication. I'm sorry. Why do we want the newborns to be even more frantic and like full of bloodlust for her blood? How is this going to help your cause? Like, I know it would be distracting for him, but you're just going to stir him up even more. Do we want the newborns to be stirred up? I, w- I wouldn't have thought so. And so then Edward says, okay, well, now let me treat your hand. You've gotten the cut dirty. Like, yeah, how gross. She's bleeding from her palm and she's like touching trees and rocks. Like, you're going to get an infection. What, what the fuck are you thinking, Bells? What the hell are you thinking, doll? So Edward starts cleaning her hand. And he says, this doesn't bother me anymore. And she says, I watched him carefully as he cleaned the gash, looking for some sign of distress. Okay, don't say gash. (laughs) He continued to breathe evenly in and out, the same small smile on his lips. Like, okay, I know you're saying you've got self-control, but also you're a vampire who doesn't need to breathe. So I don't know why you'd elect to still be breathing right now. Just stop breathing. You don't need to breathe. Why are you making this incident harder on yourself? And so she says, well, how'd you get over it? When did this happen? And he says, having experienced the way it feels to think I've lost you. Oh God, there's a lot of words in that sentence. Having experienced the way it feels to think I've lost you, my reactions have changed. My entire being shies away from any course that could inspire that kind of pain again. Oh brother. Yep, that, yep, sure, sure. I doubt that would ever happen, but yeah, sure. He says, I guess you could call it a very educational experience. So because he thought she was dead at one point, he now no longer enjoys the smell of her blood and feel like, what? I'm not buying it, Steph. I am not buying that at all. So then Jacob pops up. And so he's bare chested and Edward's like, oh, geez, why did we sign up for this guy to help out? There should have been a better way. And she's like, I, I don't think there is a better way. And Jacob's like, hey, Bells, hop into my arms and we'll cover up your scent. Oh God, it's all so ridiculous. So they split up for some reason, I guess. So Edward's scent isn't mingled in with this scent. Fuck if I know. So Edward goes off in a different direction. And so it's just Bella and Jacob and they're chatting. He says, what's up, Bella? And she says, same old, same old. And he says, yeah, bunch of vampires trying to kill you. The usual. And she's like, you know what? You're quite right. 
So even Jacob's like, oh, I hope we get to camp and it's all set up for us. He says, because there's a storm coming. Everyone's playing up this storm. And Jacob can see it coming, even though he's not a fortune teller. And he's also brought an extra jacket. And he says, I thought you might get cold. So I brought an extra jacket. Just really foreshadowing her being cold later on. Just if you haven't picked up on it, there's some bad weather coming and it's going to be cold. Why they have to be camping in the middle of nowhere? I'm still not sure. Like, I know they made a plan, but can plans not adapt? Maybe instead of putting her in a tent during a storm, you could maybe take her to a nice Airbnb down south. Like, just a thought. He says that there's no animals around. He says, notice how there's no animals because of the weather. He says, it takes a lot to silence the forest this way. You picked a hell of a night for a camping trip, just really ramping up that there's a big storm coming. And so then Jacob points out her bracelet. He says, oh, you got another little pendant thingy there. And he calls it a rock. He says, a rock, (laughs) figures. And she goes, a rock? And then she thinks about what Alice said earlier about the diamonds. And then she's looking at the crystal and she's thinking, wait a minute, is this a diamond? (laughs) She says, could she have been saying that he's already got a diamond on me? As in, I was already wearing a diamond from Edward? No, that was impossible, she says. She says the heart would have to be five carats or something crazy like that. Edward would never do that. Does it matter? Does it matter? He didn't pay for it. He took it off his dead mum's corpse. Like, come on. And so then Jacob's being super annoying. He's like, hey, you haven't visited LaPush lately. And she's like, yeah, why would I? You kissed me last time. And he says, well, you kissed me back. And she's like, no, nah, I didn't. And he says, well, you wanted to kiss me, right? And she's like, nah. And he says, am I a better kisser than Edward? And she's like, nah. And it's like, ugh. And she's like, drop it, Jake. Jake, you need to drop it. And he's like, come on, Bells. You know you love a bit of competition and, and you secretly would love me. Oh, God, it's, ugh. it's insufferable. And Jacob's trying to go with the argument being like, you don't want to kiss only one person your whole life. You need to sort of play the field to know if that's really what you want. And she's like, I already know what I want, Jake. And he's like, well, it wouldn't hurt to double check. Maybe try kissing me to see if you like it. Oh God. And she says, don't mess with me, Jake. I swear I won't stop him if he wants to break your jaw. And then Jake's like, oh, you know what? You're in a bad mood today. Like, oh, I'm not surprised she's in a bad mood. You've just been making light of the assault that you did. Like, and she says, I wonder why, you know, super sarcastic. And he says, sometimes I think you like me better as a wolf. And she says, sometimes I do. It probably has something to do with the way you can't talk, which I called. I said that like last week or the week before, didn't I? I said, she likes him better as a wolf. And he says, no, I just think it's easier. It's easier for you to be near me when I'm not human because you don't have to pretend that you're not attracted to me. He's got tickets on himself, doesn't he? He thinks he's the hottest little piece. And I I do find him attractive. But other than that, like, it's a lot of confidence. A lot of confidence. And she says, I'm not attracted to you, okay? And he says, do you ever get tired of lying to yourself? You have to know how aware you are of me. Physically, I mean. Like, okay. Is that a line the kids are using these days? Because that's a lot. And so she makes a joke about Edward punching him in the face, blah, blah, blah. And he says, I don't really want to fight with your vampire tonight. Any other night, sure. But we both have a job to do tomorrow. And I wouldn't want to leave the Cullens one short. So I guess Jacob doesn't already know that they will be one short because Bella has barred Edward from fighting because she only wants to protect his life. And then she's thinking about what a selfish bitch she is. And Jacob's like, oh, you okay, Bella? I was only kidding. I don't want to actually upset you, Bella. Sorry. And so she tells him about Edward not fighting tomorrow. Oh, 
thrilling, thrilling stuff. And she's just saying how she'll be sick with worry, crazy with worry tomorrow if everything doesn't go off without a hitch. And she even says that she'll be worried about Jacob. And he's like, oh, really? You'd be worried about me? And she goes, Jake, you know how much you mean to me, Jake. I'm sorry it's not in the way you want, but that's just how it is. You're my best friend. At least you used to be. And you still sometimes are when you let your guard down. And he says, when are you finally going to figure out that you're in love with me too? Oh God, again, let it go, Jacob. Let it go. You haven't even imprinted on her. So get over it. And Jacob says, I'm not saying you don't love him. I'm not stupid, but it's possible to love more than one person at a time, Bella. I've seen it in action. So I don't know if this is like a Mormon reference from Stephanie, but we're just going to skip over it. I'm all for open relationships, polyamory. Do you, you do you. As long as there's consent and open and honest communication, you do you. But it's never going to happen with this pair. Uh-uh. Can you imagine Edward being open to opening the relationship? Never going to happen. Not even a quick 3-0. It would never happen. So then they get distracted by a big purple cloud in the sky. And she goes, oh no, we better hurry, Jake. You'll want to get home before the storm gets here. And he says, no, I'm not going home. I'm going to stay the night. I won't be sharing your tent or anything, but I'm sure your bloodsucker will want to keep in touch with the pack for coordination purposes. So he's going to stay and be the walkie talkie. God, this is a boring chapter. So then she's asking him about the pack hierarchy. She's asking how Sam ended up as the alpha and not him and how he's the beta. And he says that Sam was the first, the eldest, so it made sense for him to take charge. And she says, well, then why are you the second? Because you were like the fifth wolf. And he says, it's hard to explain. It's sort of about lineage. Because Ephraim Black, he was the last chief of the Quileutes. He was the alpha. And now that Sam is the leader of the pack, he's also the chief of the whole tribe now. And she's like, well, it doesn't make sense. If it's about lineage, shouldn't you be the chief? And she keeps pressing him and he's sort of giving her half answers. And she says, he frowned uncomfortable with my questions. Well, it was his turn to feel uncomfortable. So she's enjoying making him feel uncomfortable. And she's just asking about why he's not the boss. And he says, yeah, I was supposed to be the alpha. And basically he said, no, he stood down and said, Sam, you. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Have it. So then they get to the camp. There's Edward and he... <laughs> Edward is so fucking dramatic. He was pacing up and down, worried that she was gonna be dead. Like, okay, there's just a bit of bad weather. Like it's not even storming just yet, it's just cold out. She's with a werewolf, she's fine. And Edward says, Bella. And she says, we'd caught him in the middle of pacing back and forth across the little open space. Could he not have heard Jacob's mind coming? Did he not just read his mind? And sense where he was like, oh, and he's like, oh my God, thank God, thank God. And he says to Jacob, that was quicker than I expected. And I truly appreciate it. Like, oh my God, they were just walking on a hiking trail. Calm the fuck down. And Jacob's like, whatever, get her in the tent pretty quick. This is going to be bad. Talking about the storm. Ah, oh, the storm, so much build up to this fucking storm. So then Jacob's like, all right, I'm out. I'm going to go pop back home for a little bit and come back later. And he leaves that spare jacket on a tree branch and then he leaves. And so that's the end of that chapter. Boring. <laughs> God, I hated it. So then we go to fire and ice. Ooh, fire and ice. Remember the poem at the start of the book was the fire and ice Robert Frost poem. And Stephanie's shoehorning in a metaphor about Jacob being fire, Edward being ice. Like it's all pretty obvious. And like, which one will she choose? even though she's already chosen Edward. (laughs) That's what I hate about this book. It's like, oh my God, it's a love triangle. Who will she pick? And it's like, she's picked Edward. She's picked Edward since day dot. She only was friends with Jacob while Edward had dumped her and was living in Brazil. Like she's picked Edward. She's never not once gone to pick Jacob. That's what I don't get about this whole team Jacob, team Edward discourse. Like there was never another option. Yes, there was that one moment in time where she thought, maybe I'll just fake it and marry Jacob and live a boring life being unhappy. (laughs) But other than that, (laughs) there was no competition. So we start this chapter and she says, the wind is shaking the tent and she's shaking with it. So the whole thing is she's freezing her balls off. She's in the tent. She's stuttering because her teeth are chattering. And Edward's sitting as far from her as possible in the cramped space, she says, because he doesn't want to get her more cold. So it's just like scooched up against the back corner of the tent. But she's already told us it's a cramped space. So clearly it's a small tent. So maybe get out of the tent, Edward. Maybe get out of the tent. What the fuck are you doing in the tent? You're cold. She's cold. She needs to be less cold. And she's like, I'm I'm, I'm fine, Edward, which... All her dialogue in this chapter is like that, but I'm not going to read it out like that because that's exhausting. And Jacob, he's on the other side of the tent. He's outside as a wolf 
howling. I think in communication with Edward, not too sure, but he's howling. And she thinks, yeah, Jacob's pretty well equipped for the snow because his fur is thicker, longer and shaggier. And she also describes it as russet fur because we need to know that. And then she's wondering why his fur is longer. Like, okay, why do you care right now? You're freezing to death. Jacob and Edward are having some sort of argument on either side of the tent and he's responding out loud and Jacob's responding with howls, which Edward can read because he can read minds. Bella's left out in the cold though. She's like, what, what, what are you guys talking about? And Edward says, why don't you go and fetch a space heater or something? Make yourself useful. And she's like, I'm okay. I'm okay. Don't worry about me guys. Meanwhile, there's like icicles coming out of her nose. And Jacob, he unzips the tent and he slips on in, in human form. And she says, while the Arctic air flowed in around him, a few flecks of snow fell to the floor of the tent. And so she's shivering so hard it was a convulsion. Like, yeah, you'd want to zip that tent back up pretty quick, Jacob. Stop letting more cold in. And Edward says, I don't like this. Just give her the coat and get out. So she's been cold in that tent for so long and he still had the spare coat hanging up on the tree outside. Why why did we not think to utilize that coat earlier? Also, Edward, Jacob's clearly a human space heater himself. He radiates heat. Maybe you need to yeet out of the tent and let him hang out inside. And he's like, get out of the tent, Jacob. Like what? How do you not understand how heat works? Put your fragile masculinity aside for just like one moment and realize that it's a good idea for maybe him to hang out in the tent. And Jacob says, I'm here to warm her up. I'm a space heater. And she says, Jake, you'll freeze. It's like, no, no, he won't. He's a supernatural being. I don't think he'll freeze. He was just outside in the snow being fine. And she thinks he's going to freeze now that he's inside the tent. She's so dumb. And so Jacob, he goes over to her and he starts unzipping her sleeping bag. And Edward puts his hand on his shoulder and he's like, "Uh, uh, uh, get away from my GF. And Jacob says, get your hand off me. And he says, keep your hands off her. And she's like, guys, guys, don't fight. Don't fight over little old me. I'm like, oh God, can she just freeze to death already? Let her freeze to death already. Both get out of the tent and let her be. End of story. No more issues. No more fighting with the newborns because they're not fighting over anything. Let her die. And so Edward hesitates, but then he finally is like, ugh, whatever. And, <laughs> and he says, watch yourself while Jacob scoots on into her sleeping bag. And she, I guess, didn't realize what the fuck was going on because she says, I stared at him in outrage. No wonder Edward was reacting this way. And she's like, no, don't get into my sleeping bag. It's like, what did you think he was doing when he unzipped your sleeping bag? She's always the last to figure something out. Ugh. So then he scudges into her sleeping bag and zips it back up. And she's like, you know what? That's quite nice. She says, I couldn't object. I didn't want to anymore. He was so warm. And so then he starts holding her snugly against his bare chest. And she's like, that's quite nice. She's like, God damn it. You got me. You got me. That's quite, that's quite nice. And he says, you know, you'd warm up faster if you took your clothes off. And Edward's like, hey. And Jacob's like, just saying, just saying facts. And Jacob had joked about her losing a toe from frostbite. And that's why he's in there. So she can keep all 10 toes. And she says, cut it out, Jake. Nobody really needs all 10 toes. And well... I guess nobody really needs all 10 toes, but they do all serve a purpose. Like it's called balance. 
Like she, she wants frostbite instead. And Jacob says, calm down, Bella. Edward's just jealous. And Edward goes, yeah, I am. You don't have the faintest idea how much I wish I could do what you're doing for her, mongrel. It's like, okay, he's saving your girlfriend's life. Maybe don't call him mongrel. And Jacob says, them's the breaks. <laughs> well, he says, those are the breaks. But it's more fun to think of it like him saying, them's the breaks, kid. And he says, oh, well, at least you know she wishes it was you. What? Do they think she's asleep? Like she was talking to them three seconds ago and they're talking like she's not there. And then Jacob says, hey, Bells, your lips are still blue. Want me to warm those up for you too? You only have to ask. And Edward's like, watch it, watch it. And she says, behave yourself, Jake. (laughs) Jacob's such a sleaze. He is such a freaking sleaze. He's loving every second of this. And I suspect he's probably popping a boner in that sleeping bag. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. He's got a boner and Edward knows because Edward can read minds and can probably sense the blood rushing through his body, probably. So Bella says there's a huge storm raging and she's just getting warmed by Jacob trying to relax. She says, my body relaxed slowly as I thawed piece by frozen piece and then turned limp. And she says, hey, Jake, can I ask you something? Um, I'm just curious. Don't mean to cause offense, but why are you so much furrier than your friends? You don't have to answer if I'm being rude. She says, I didn't know the rules for etiquette as they applied to werewolf culture. What? I don't know if there are rules for etiquette in werewolf culture, Bella. And he says, it's just because my hair's longer. There's no big fucking conspiracy, mate. And she goes, oh, I was surprised, but it made sense. So that was why they'd all cropped their hair in the beginning when they joined the pack. So they wouldn't have long fur, like, oh, mystery solved. This is what we want to know about. And she goes, sorry, Jake, I didn't mean to pry. And it's like, oh my, oh my God, it, it doesn't matter. Does it matter? She goes, why don't you cut your hair, Jake? Do you like to be shaggy? <laughs> and he says, nah, um, I was actually growing my hair out because it seemed like you liked it better long. Oh, that's a bit sad. That's a bit desperate. And she goes, oh, don't worry about me, Jake. I like it both ways, Jake. You don't need to be inconvenienced. I'm like, oh my God. The things that she stresses about, it's just, uh, it, it's wild to me. You were just on death's door freezing and you're worried about him having a haircut. (sighs) So then she goes quiet. She says, my eyelids drooped and shut and my breathing grew slower. And so then like, she's not asleep, (laughs) but she's acting like she's asleep or she's narrating it as if she's asleep. But it's like, I know through the very fact that you're narrating this scene that you're not asleep, Bella. She's like acting like she's unconscious, but, but, but you're not unconscious. And then Jacob and Edward have a full on intense conversation as if she is actually asleep. And all throughout it, she's like, I must be dreaming. And it's like, no, you're not dreaming because you're narrating a book right now. And how Jacob and Edward don't realize that she's not actually asleep is beyond me. Again, superhuman senses and they they can't tell when she's faking being asleep. Because Edward says, do you mind? And Jacob's like, what? And he says, do you think you could attempt to control your thoughts? So Jacob, he's got a boner. I I do believe he's popped a boner and he's thinking about Bella's body, I presume, since he's snuggling her in in a single sleeping bag. How they're both fitting in a tiny little sleeping bag, I'm not too sure. But I imagine there's meat and tackle pushed against other parts of other bodies. And Jacob says, get out of my head. And he says, I wish I could. You have no idea how loud your little fantasies are. It's like you're shouting them at me. And he says, I'll try and keep it down. And I'm like, you guys, you're having a full on conversation while someone's trying to sleep. That's rude. And Jacob says, you know, she could still change her mind. 
Considering all the things I could do with her that you can't, at least not without killing her, that is. It's like, okay, she, she can hear you. She's writing this book right now. She's narrating. She can hear you. She's awake. She says, I was too far gone to ask them to stop talking about me like I wasn't there. The conversation had taken a dreamlike quality to me and I wasn't sure I was really awake. Of course you're awake, Bella. Of course you're awake. And so Jacob says, the jealousy, it has to be eating at you. You can't be as sure of yourself as you seem unless you have no emotions at all. And he says, right now, it's so bad that I can barely control my voice. Of course, it's even worse when she's away from me with you and I can't see her. So they're just having a full open and honest conversation in front of someone, which is so rude. And Jacob says, oh, that must be tough. Does it make it hard to concentrate when she's not with you? Like, why do you care, Jacob? They're having a full on heart to heart and I don't get it. I'm having a heart to heart while he's popped a boner rubbing up against his girlfriend's hips. Like time and a place, guys. Maybe go and have a beer at the pub. I don't think you should be having this conversation right here and right now. He says, yeah, I'm always thinking about it. Always able to wonder if that's where her mind is when she's quiet and thoughtful. I would guess that she thinks of you often. More often than I like. She worries that you're unhappy. Not that you don't know that. Not that you don't use that. And Jacob says, well, I have to use whatever I can. I'm working with your advantages. Advantages like her knowing she's in love with you. Oh, God. And he says, yeah, she's in love with me too, you know, but she just doesn't know it. And Edward's like, yeah, I don't know about that. Meanwhile, she thinks the conversation's got this dream white quality, but she's describing what else is going on around them. She says, the wind ripped around the tent, shaking it like an earthquake. Jacob's arms tightened around me protectively. Like, okay, if you can illustrate that happening, maybe you're awake, Bella. Oh, she never knows when she's awake or when she's asleep. It kills me. One of her worst qualities. And Edward says, odd as this might sound, I suppose I'm glad you're here, Jacob. Wow, they're really getting along. (laughs) Oh, he says, as much as I'd love to kill you, I'm glad she's warm. And Jacob says, I knew you were just as crazy jealous as I am. They're full on bonding over their intense jealousy. Still having a full on conversation when they must know she's awake, but whatever. And so Edward says that he's playing it patient. He says, when I saw how much it was hurting her to make her choose, I can smother the less civilized feelings I may have for you. Sometimes I think she sees through me, but I can't be sure. She's awake right now, so why didn't you just ask her? Like, And Jacob says, I think you're just worried that if you really forced her to choose, she might not choose you. She would, Jacob. Give it up. She would. We all know that. And Edward says, yeah, that's part of it. We all have our moments of doubt. Mostly I was worried that she'd hurt herself trying to sneak away to see you. After I'd accepted that she was more or less safe with you, as safe as Bella ever is, it seemed best to stop driving her to extremes. Oh, okay. I love how they're having this full on conversation and they still have time to like make fun of how clumsy Bella is halfway through. <laughs> Just in the middle, they're like, as safe as Bella ever is, you know. <laughs> and they're like, Haha, yeah. And Jacob sighs and he says, I'd tell her all of this, but she'd never believe me. She's awake. She's currently awake. And so then Jacob asks what Edward would do if she changed her mind. Would you try to kill me? And Edward says, no. And he says, why not? And (laughs) Bella notes that his tone was jeering and sarcastic. Yep, she's, she's unconscious in a dreamscape, but she can tell when someone's being sarcastic. Yep, sure. And Edward says, do you really think I would hurt her that way by killing you? And Jacob's like, you're right. You're right. But sometimes I I bet you could probably want to kill me, right? And Edward's like, yeah, totally. And Jacob's like, exactly. 
and they're laughing. She says Jacob pressed his face into the sleeping bag to muffle his laughter. Why are you muffling? She's awake. You're talking at full volume. She can hear everything you're saying. And she says, what a strange dream this was. Oh, it's not a fucking dream. I wondered if it was the relentless wind that made me imagine all the whispering. Yeah, you're imagining a full conversation between your two lovers. Yeah, that's what's happening, Bella. Sure, sure, Bella. Has anyone ever been more out of touch with reality than Bella fucking Swan? And then Jacob says, what's it like losing her? And she says there was no hint of humor in his suddenly hoarse voice. (laughs) When you thought you'd lost her forever, how did you cope? And Edward says, that's very difficult for me to talk about. (sighs) There were two different times when I thought that. The first was when I thought that I could leave her. I thought she'd forget me and that after six months of me staying away from her, blah, blah, fucking blah. Like, I can't get into it. It's draining. I told myself that I'd find her, be reasonably happy and that she would live with me dumping her effectively. But then he says, but she wasn't happy and blah, blah, fucking blah. And then he says, the other time was when I thought she was dead. And Edward says, it will probably feel like that to you, won't it? When, when she gets turned into a vampire, the way you perceive us, you might not be able to see her as Bella anymore, but that's who she'll still be. And Jacob says, yeah, but you left because you didn't want to make her a bloodsucker. You want her to be human. And he says, Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. From the second that I realized I loved her, I knew there were only four possibilities <laughs> from the second. Okay. I've, I've read chapter one of Midnight Sun and I'm pretty sure from the second you met her, you were like, I got to kill this bitch. She smells delicious. But no, apparently he thought <laughs> in that second, four possibilities. The first would be the best one for Bella if she didn't feel strongly for me and she got over me and moved on. I would accept that though it would never change the way that I felt. The second was to stay with her throughout her human life. It wasn't a good option for her to waste her life with someone who couldn't be human with her, but it was an alternative. Knowing that when she died, I would find a way to die too. 60 years, 70 years, whatever. But it proved much too dangerous for her to live in such close proximity with my world. I was terrified that I wouldn't get those 60 years if I stayed near her while she was human. So then there's option three, which is what he chose, which was to take himself out of her world, hoping to force her into the first alternative, which would be her moving on with her life. But it didn't work and it nearly killed them both. God, is anyone else getting a bit lost in this? (laughs) It's pretty fucking complex. And so then the fourth alternative would be what Bella wants, turning Bella into a vampire and then living together as immortals. He says, I've been trying to delay her to give her time to find a reason to change her mind, but she's very stubborn. I'll be lucky to stretch it out for a few more months. She has a horror of getting older and her birthday is in September. Oh my God. Have you ever met an 18 year old who's more afraid of aging? This fucking Bella Swan. Oh my God. The way she carries on about her birthday, it's ridiculous. So those are the four options that he says he realized as soon as he met her. And I'm like, there's the secret fifth option, which was tearing out her throat and drinking her blood in that classroom. And also in Midnight Sun, he mentions like, oh, of course, if I kill Bella, I'll then have to kill the rest of the class to cover my tracks. So he was full planning on a massacre. And then these other four options came up in his head. Like fair enough to not admit that to Jacob and to Bella, who's pretending to be asleep in this tent right now. But we know better. We know better. It's weird that Stephanie, when writing Midnight Sun, didn't didn't flick back to this chapter of Eclipse and realize what she'd already said was canon, but n- never mind. 
And Jacob says, yeah, option one sounds the best. But he says, you know what though, Edward? You know what? I can tell that you love her. I can tell that you love her in your way. I can't argue with that. And because of that, I don't think you should give up on the first alternative. Not yet. He says, I think there would be a good chance that she'd get over it. He says, you know, if she hadn't jumped off that cliff in March, if you'd waited another six months to check on her, I think she would have been fine. I had a game plan. Again, just freely admitting all of this in front of her. His mouth is like next to her ears at this point because they're snuggling. And Edward says, yeah, well, it was a pretty well thought out plan. And Jacob goes, yeah, it was. And he says, you know what? Give me a year, Edward. Just dump Bella again. Give me a year. I think I could make her happy. And you know what, Jacob? That's the dumbest idea ever. I know how Bella reacts to getting dumped. It would not go down well. But Jacob's really trying it. He's trying it with Edward. He says, you know, it's a good plan. It's a good plan. It would benefit her in the long run. If you really loved her, maybe you'd go along with my plan. And Edward says, you know what? I have considered it. In some ways, you would be better suited for her than another human. Bella takes some looking after. And you're strong enough that you could protect her from herself and from everything that conspires against her. They are talking so patronizing about her. She's in the room, guys. She's in the fucking room. Bella takes looking after. You know how clumsy she is. And Edward says, but I'm not stupid enough to make the same mistake I made before, Jacob. I won't try to force her into that first option again. As long as she wants me, I'm here. Again, it's not the first option. The first option was death. And Jacob says, okay, but I know it's a long shot, but if she decided that she wanted me, what would you do? And he says, I would let her go. And Edward says, yeah, I'd leave her, but I would keep watch. You see, Jacob, you might leave her someday. Like Sam and Emily, you wouldn't have a choice. I would always be waiting in the wings, hoping for that to happen. (sighs) Okay. So his hope is that if he dumped her and let her move on and have a human life with Jacob, who is a werewolf, so still not completely detached from the supernatural realm, that he would just hang around hoping, hoping and praying that Jacob would then go and imprint on someone else, thereby breaking Bella's heart all over again. That's his best case scenario. And Jacob says, well, Edward, you've been much more honest than I had any right to expect. Thanks for that. Thanks for letting me in your head. And he says, oh, you know what? It's fine. Edward says, you know what, Jacob? I'm feeling oddly grateful for your presence in her life tonight. God, they're just the best of buds now, aren't they? One little conversation over a fake sleeper and they're the best of buds. He says, you know, Jacob, if it weren't for the fact that we're natural enemies and that you're also trying to steal away the reason for my existence, I might actually like you. And he says, well, you know what? If you weren't a disgusting vampire who was planning to suck out the life of the girl I love, well, not even then. And then Edward laughs and Jacob laughs and they're like, ha, 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 ha. Oh, just yucking it up. And then Edward says, hey, by the way, what's the third wife? Bella keeps talking about the third wife in a dream. What's all that about? And so then Jacob thinks about the story of the third wife and Edward goes, ah, oh, geez, of course. I rather wish your elders had kept that story to themselves, Jacob. Like, okay, just because your girlfriend has sacrificial tendencies, the tribal elders of the Quileute tribe have to censor their stories. Like, uh, no, no, Edward, you don't get to have a say in what stories the tribal elders share with their tribe. And Jacob says, hey, that's a bit unfair. And then he's like, oh, wait a minute, the third wife story. Yeah, I see how that would be problematic for Bella. 
So then they chat about how Bella sort of wants to be in the clearing tomorrow. And they're worried that she'll go rogue and try and sacrifice herself. And so then Jacob says, well, when does this little truce end? First light or do we wait until after the fight? And then they both pause and they go, first light. And then they laugh quietly. (laughs) They're just having a great chat. And so then Edward says, sleep well, Jacob. Enjoy the moment. Which, okay, to me sort of sounds like, hey, Jacob, enjoy fondling my girlfriend while you still can. Like that seems a little creepy to me to say it. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Like that? Like you're giving him permission to grope your girlfriend? Who they think is unconscious? And then Edward groans and says, I didn't mean that quite so literally. So I think, yeah, the boner re-popped. The boner sprung up again. And Jacob says, sorry. (laughs) And he says, you could leave, you know, give us a little privacy. And Edward's like, fat fucking chance. And Jacob says, I'd rather not move just now if you don't mind. Yeah, because he's hiding a boner. So then Edward starts humming to himself, trying to drown out Jacob's thoughts. She says, I assumed. So she is, she is still awake. She thinks she's in a dream, but she's assuming character motivations while in her sleep. Like, oh, for fuck's sake, Bella. When she thinks she's asleep, she's insufferable. I mean, she's insufferable when she's awake, but when she thinks that she's dreaming, she's even more insufferable. And so then she says, Edward starts humming her lullaby and she sank deeper into unconsciousness. No, you didn't sink deeper into unconsciousness. You were never unconscious. You were awake for that whole fucking chat. You were awake the whole time because you narrated it to me, you stupid girl. And then she says she fell into other dreams that made better sense. You weren't asleep. But that's the end of the chapter. I think I might have overhyped the fire and ice chapter. In my head, I remember it being like juicier, perhaps. Or maybe it was just the memory of Jacob's hot body, like literally warm body that I remembered. Um... And I think that would be pretty handy to have like a Jacob boyfriend in winter, but in the summer months, get out of my bed. Oh, no. Sleeping next to a warm body in summer, disgusting. See, this is where polyamory really does have its benefits. If I were Bella, I'd be making Jacob my winter boyfriend. And then as soon as the seasons change, I'd transition into Edward being my summer boyfriend. The best of both worlds, as Hannah Montana says. Both 
So that's what I would do. That's just me. What would you guys do? I know I said there's, there's no teams because she's all about the Edward, but like, are you team Edward? Are you team Jacob? Let me know. And I'll see you guys next week for a chapter called Monster, which uh, I don't know. Maybe they'll remember Victoria exists again. Who knows? We'll see. Bye. Send your burning thoughts, frustrations, and grievances on this latest chapter of this shitty book to breakingdownpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at podbreakingdown and Instagram at breakingdownbadbooks. You can visit www.breakingdownbadbooks.com for all the listen links, contact information, merch, and more. To support the show on Patreon and gain access to exclusive ad-free bonus episodes, visit patreon.com slash breakingdownbadbooks. Ratings and reviews on your preferred podcast platform are also a fun, free way to support the show. Breaking Down Bad Books is hosted by me, Nathan Brown, who you can follow on Instagram and Twitter at NathanBrown90. Thanks for listening and happy reading. 